This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, what a delight, the delight in the fear of the Lord is as we get to the seventh anointing of the uh, anointings that are listed in Isaiah 11. Here we are in the fourth chapter of the Song of Song. It is in the fifth verse that we see the seventh attribute of the bride of Christ. And what an attribute it is, all you can say is, yea, God. I mean, I think you're going to say that with me. So verse 5 in English reads, thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins, which feed among the lilies. And so, wow, of course, much has been written on this verse over the years, but I'm sure uh, you can see the delight that's involved in here. And the delight in the fear of the Lord, that's an interesting thing. As I pondered that, um, Rashi goes into great explanation on how these might be the two tablets that came down uh, with Moses and how they mirror each other as their twins, as the first five of the commandments have implications on the next five, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really something. I'll put that in the show notes so that you can actually see how Rashi felt like those mirrored. It, it's quite a discussion in of itself. And Matthew Henry gave all sorts of interesting ways that he had heard it was said, although he never um, came clean and told us what he thought, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, he clearly made reference to the Old and New Testaments. And then he talked about the two sacraments being, you know, baptism and communion as being the twins that, that we're talking about here. Um, of course, I was looking for something that just would, would wow me. And, and here's the thing that wowed me, because as I thought about this, I'm delighting in the fear of the Lord. And we know from my standpoint, you know, mi- the milk of the word is clearly represented here. That's, that's what's inside these breasts. And that is where the delight comes from uh, for the church, no doubt, um, as this is so critical to all of us. But as I thought about it, I said, well, that's really of God. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Every single story... And, of course, I'm going to just come down where I am wowed by this verse. Every single story in the Bible that has to do with, in other words, men are involved in the whole thing. We are the church. In other words, it, it, when God was creating the earth, who was he creating it for? Man. And then we go into the story of Adam and then, you know, clearly all the patriarchs. And then we get into Abraham and the stories go on and they go on. But all those are God's interaction with men. And then I thought, wow, wait a minute. What's one of the things that Jesus did not do? We all know the things that Jesus did, but I don't ever ever thought about this, but one of the things that Jesus did not do was he wrote no book in the Bible. <laughs> there isn't, you know, the gospel according to Jesus. And, and, and so he allowed us the honor and the dignity of all these stories are written by men. In other words, Rose, Moses wrote all his part. Of course, God's finger wrote on the stones, but we don't, we've never seen those. And so everything we've ever seen, you know, was clearly written by men, not only Moses, but obviously all the people who translated over the years and all the people that transcribed it, even from Hebrew. And on the story goes, you know, as King David wrote and Solomon wrote and Isaiah wrote and Jeremiah and Hezekiah and all these people. Well, I guess Hezekiah didn't. Maybe he wrote a little bit of that one. But... uh, (laughs) 
you know, Ezekiel, you name it, all these different men. And then you get to the New Testament, right? Which is my view. I would go along with that. That, that, that We're talking about the, the twins are the Old and New Testaments, that, that, that they mirror each other in their own way. And right, that Jesus is the second Adam, and, and so here we go. But interestingly, Jesus wrote no, none, of those, none of those books. It was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right, Paul, and then James, and, and uh, the writer of Hebrews. All those things were delivered by the church. And so when you think about the church itself, whether it was the old or the new, it was the people that wrote these, and that is what Jesus is now admiring you know, as he is, he is saying, wow, look here. <laughs> this is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And when you think of the comfort that you've received, and I just thought about it in a new light this morning. I always knew that, you know, clearly this is God's comfort coming to us, but I hadn't really thought about how in each case it was delivered by somebody who dearly loved and interacted with God, and they themselves ate of his word in their own way. They digested it, and now they're providing it to us as the milk. And so are you, right? As you read something or hear something, or maybe even you begin to meditate and chew on this very verse that something happens that you later feed somebody today or whatever, you know, there's no doubt the delight that's here. And I'll be honest, it's awkward to talk about. It, it really, really is awkward to talk about. But the delight here can be compared to nothing but like the delight of a sexual relationship. I mean, it just is, you know, as, as, as I dig into his word every morning, I have expectations of delight that are very similar or maybe even better. Um, as I delight in some of these things and, and I'm just wowed, um, beyond my wildest expectation. And so as I was just sitting there this morning, and there's the story. I mean, I was just sitting there thinking about, wow, Jesus didn't write any of this. God allowed Moses to tell the story. He allowed, you know, all these prophets, all these different people, all that stuff came through them so it would be milk. And oh, the comfort. And oh, the delight. And oh, all that, that has come as a result of what we get to do here. And of course, you know, we got a lot of more discussion <laughs> on this particular subject, but I think that it's cool. I really do think it's cool that this is a delight in the fear of the Lord here in that, that God did it through people. And, and therein lies the, the, the fear of the Lord part to me is that all these, these were people that, that really feared God in their own way. They knew better than, <laughs> you know, Moses had to fear God. I, you know, just think about these people. They feared God in delightful ways. They, they really did, yet they had the courage to enter into that relationship with him like David did as he was so afflicted in so many different ways. We, right, um, as, as we understand these delights yet we understand completely you know the judgment and all that's on the other side of not being in that relationship with God and and so you know it's kind of interesting that here we here we are and I hope that sometime today you just sit there and ponder I I love the pondering of it like why is this these two breasts that are the twins that are feeding among the lilies okay and and obviously 
when we're here and we're reading God's word, we're feeding among the lilies, like you're a lily and I'm a lily, and here we are. We're feeding, we're feeding right this very minute. How, how much God delighted in that, that he would write this as this particular verse, as this particular attribute of the church, um, it's spectacular to me, but I hope you ponder it in your own way and you decide what you think these are. <laughs> That's the beauty of the whole book is you get to come to your conclusion. And I hope, unlike Matthew Henry, that you'll come down and say, this is what I think. It's okay if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I know it's perfectly okay. There could be any number of things. But here's what I think and here's what wows me. And I hope you think about that today. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. God bless.